0: What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 199 of your favorite podcast, The Gord Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Mahaley, and I am going to teach you how to examine blood work and what these values mean today. Oh, this was a beast to put together. So please, share this with your friends. Leave us a five-star rating and review. I truly believe this will help you guys. As always, Grow Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. If your blood work is off and things are not looking right, hit up Revive. We can get it taken care of because we have everything you could possibly need to fix your blood work. Almost everything. You guys, this is a good one. Have your notes ready. Pull up your blood work. Have it ready. Let's assess. I'll see you inside. All right, guys. I've wanted to make a podcast like this for a while. Um, I think the icing on the cake has been um, there's a multitude of folks who have gone on um, the website, hired me for a consultation, and within that consultation, like all they um, you know really wanted from it was like a blood work overview. And if I'm being honest with you, um, most of these people don't have things that really warrant. Uh, spending $200 for me just read their blood work and tell them what things mean. Because nothing is really wrong with um, probably like, I would say like 60% of them, there's nothing really glaring um, that stands out that like needs um, my expertise, if you will, um, for lack of better terms, I don't know. I feel like I'm just an amateur who is trying to figure it out. But um, with that being said, Let's talk about examining blood work. Um, What do the values mean? Like, how do we read the spreadsheet that's sent to you? All of them are a little bit different. They all have their own reference ranges and things of the like, so we wouldn't always keep... Um, we always want to keep like the the tests that we're using stable. You know, I have my athletes use a Life Extension test. It's a comprehensive weight loss panel test. Um, is one that my, that my athletes use. And actually, on Life Extension right now, they are running a sale for like thirty dollars off that test. I think it's like two hundred seventy five dollars. You can get it for like two forty five, plus free shipping and handling, which is obviously um, pretty good deal. Um, I am I have one of my newer athletes. Uh, I, I picked someone who was like kind of one of my athletes who's like really my target audience. Well, I guess all my athletes are my target audience, right? Or else they wouldn't have ever found me. Um, this is a uh, uh, new uh, one of my newer guys. Um, he's a super heavyweight bodybuilder. He's um, how big is he right now? We're about 280. I think we're about 280 right now. Um, so, down here in Texas, he's going to be a real good guy for me. Uh, but he just sent me his blood work like last week or something of the like. So I just pulled it up um, quickly, and obviously I'm not gonna give away any names or anything of the like because, well, that just doesn't matter. Um, one thing I will say is if I go into some of his stuff, there are some things that, um, for African Americans, like your eGFR, uh, for example, um, there are some things that are that matter. Um, your ethnicity, um, he he is African American. So if we get into anything like that, and obviously I'll notate it um, and I'll like talk about the differences. I really think the only thing we're gonna have with him is the eGFR. Man, um, I know his was lower than I like it to be. Um, I'm also, yeah, I to say I, I've had two kidney issues at this point back in my 2017 prep. Than my previous prep earlier this year, I had kidney issues in both those. Like, I take this kidney thing really freaking seriously. So um, when we get to that, we'll kind of cross that bridge. Um, But let's talk about how the panel just works, okay? Um, It's commonly... The reason the panel is set up the way it is is because the doctors, the scientists, the phlebotomists... Um, essentially set things up from what's most likely to cause a problem or mortality is at the top. The most important things are at the top. And then as you go down, like the less important things are like down at the bottom. It's funny I'm saying that because in the panel I'm using now, it's a quest quest diagnostics panel. We have our comprehensive metabolic panel first. And then we have estrogen and then we have cbc and usually cbc is first it should be first uh i'm not sure why it's like that so i'm kind of going to cross cross reference here it's like how it should be set up um you know while i go through these things um compared to how it is set up here so i'm going to run down how it like usually is and like i said that would be like with the cbc being first um, metabolic panel is, uh, second. And then from there you get into like the hormones and the thyroids and the vitamins and the things of the like. So, uh, without further ado, I want to make this as short, sweet to the point as possible. This is not going to be one of those podcasts fucking overwhelms you. It's like, oh my God, I have no clue what the fuck he's talking about. Um, I think I have this shit really dummied down to a place where I can explain it to anyone. And this is kind of me putting it to the test, um, without further ado, Less role, so we're going to start with the CBC panel. Obviously, the the comprehensive blood counts. These are the things that can kill you the fastest. That can cause mortality. That can infer there are bigger issues going on than what you may understand. This is a blood. This is what is going on inside of your blood, circulating your body. The the most important thing that we have. All right, we have what's called an RBC. If you have blood work that you have gotten done, pull it up right now and let's go through this together. So CBC, RBC, that's a count of red blood cells. That's just a culmination of red blood cells in your body. Um, If you're too condensed, you can have a stroke and um, you can die. Um, If you are under under condensed, we need to configure what's going on there because you're probably not delivering nutrients, oxygen, um, or feeling very good Um, overall, like lightheadedness. Now, I'm not saying if you have lightheadedness and dizziness. That's going to be it. That's going to be more ver, almost vertigo-like effects, not just lightheadedness and dizziness. It's not just going to be a little bit. It could be a lot of it. Um, so the reference range, like I said, on every test is a little bit different. Here we have 4.2 to 5.8. If yours is like over 6.5, yeah, we should probably look at what's going on there um, just to... See Now, uh, there are some PEDs that can increase red blood cell count, but honestly, even with those PEDs, I've never seen something that's, like, really drastically increased um, within the red blood cell count. Um, PEDs are going to influence a lot of these things. My target audience, people who listen to this, much, 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 and, and the athletes hiring me, it's, you know, majority folks who are enhanced. Okay. There's not many natural folks I work with anymore. Um, and that that's not to say I won't work with natural folks. It's just, um, you know, my services are definitely best set up for someone who's, you know, kind of going all the way within their, their, their physique and performance. Right. And that's kind of how the podcast is set up too. So I am assuming you listening to this you are running enhancements to become the best in your sport. If you are listening to this and you are not running enhancements, that is okay. There's going to be a lot to learn here from that as well. Um, So something to keep in mind. On the RBC, if we're below four, like I said, it's going to be less oxygen, less nutrient, less iron carrying capacity, which is a huge deal. Um, And if we're above six, 6.5, there's too much material in your blood. There's too much going on there, okay? So we want this, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, next, we have hematocrit. This is the percent uh, ratio of solid to liquid in blood. We want this between like 40, 50. If it's 50, that basically means 50% of your blood is solid, 50% of it is liquid. This is a pretty good place to be, Um Like 45 is a very common number that I am seeing. It's rather consistent in there. It's a good place to be a little bit over. Um, isn't necessarily something to like worry about or go nuts over. Right. Um, A little bit under, kind of the same thing. It's like we we like this to be in the reference range, uh, but I I really like that 40 to 50 range a lot. I think that's a good place, in my opinion, for you to be. Um, The hemoglobin. This carries oxygen from lungs to the rest of the body, so it's obviously something that is very, very, very important. Now, being in or out of range is not the whole story here. So, like, this kind of goes for the whole... this is going to go off topic just a little bit. If you start a PED cycle and say like your white blood cell count is like X, um, let's say it's like 5.5. And then at the end of the cycle, the number is higher, maybe out of range. Maybe it's like 11 There's things that went into that to make it that. That doesn't necessarily mean that's your baseline. That means where you're riding right now is that. So the usage from PEDs or the training or whatever it is that, that force your white blood cell count to essentially resist what you are doing, this is somewhat normal. If you're someone who's going really hard in your training and stuff, you might have something like a white blood cell count up, um, like a hemoglobin up, like a a hematocrit is up a little bit. These are going to be signs that I'm going really hard. Now, when we're out of range, like when we're not super close to the reference range for the CBCs, yeah, that's when we get worried. So like a bodybuilder who's like pushing... And contest prep, who gets their blood work done and um, hematocrit comes back 65 is way, 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 way different than an extremely overweight person gets their blood work done in a 65, okay? Um, The bodybuilders, they're very temporarily because, you know, we're pushing. Something is attributing to this and there's going to be a pullback phase very soon, but this is also why we get our fucking blood work done, right? The lifestyle person is super fucking overweight that's their lifestyle this is just where they're at so like there's a huge issue here so like for some reason if some one of these things are off this doesn't like don't go to the emergency room like don't call 911 assess what's going on what could be causing this to be off are things moving because you're digging yourself into a hole or are things moving because your lifestyle is not conducive for you know your overall health right so like that's something to, to super keep in mind here. Um, hemoglobin, that wasn't too bad of a rant. There might be some rants along the way, just things that pop in my mind. Hemoglobin, um, range between 13 and 17. It's a perfectly fine, very normal uh, place to be. So then then we get down. We have like um, RDW, platelets, etc. Like they're related to organelles. Um, and essentially what all these relate to is like how the blood cells are shaped. Um, the MCV, MCVH, uh, or what, MCH, MCHC, all of the, the, those things are related to the, the patterns, all right? Um, the, the shape of the or of the blo- of the organelle is related to health and nutritional components of the blood. Um, so if nothing here's like spiking way outside of range, um, usually it's not a huge deal. So like the blood work I have in front of me. The MCHC is thirty one point eight. The reference range is 32 to six point zero. I'm just not worried about that, and I'm, it, there, that doesn't mean much. Okay, if we're way out of range, if it's like 27, what's going on here? Why do we have this? Or so if we're like, if the range is 32, 36, and we're like 45, what's going on? Let's take a deeper dive into this. Um, everything in the CBC is related to the blood specifically. It's the, the most important, like I said, which is why this is first. We have things like the absolutes, we have the monocytes, the basophils, the things of the like that these I've never in all my time, I can't say never, that's 100% blatant statement. I probably assess 500 to 600 cases of blood work per year. I might have one or two that have any of those things off. So, for the sake of conversation and me making this as short and to the point for you guys as possible. You're probably fucking... I mean, look at the reference range on these things. Like 1,500 to 70 7,800. 850 to 3,900. Is like 0 to 200. Like, we're probably... their percentages don't even have reference ranges. Like, we're probably okay here. When you see these things off, there's commonly something above we already went over that is a way bigger issue that is off, and that's what's causing this to be off. You're not just going to be perfect everywhere and then have one of the absolutes or the the neutrophils and the lymphocytes and all those, we're not going to have those off if everything above is correct. All right. So let's kind of, let's kind of make sure I want to make sure we stay on track here as much as possible. We have a metabolic panel, the comprehensive metabolic panel is commonly going to be second, the CMP. Um, Another quick side rant. So like people are like, oh, you know, my metabolism is fast, my metabolism is slow. My, uh, uh, metabolism, every chemical process that occurs within an organism, the summation of those, the sum of those equals metabolism. Like saying your metabolism is fast or slow or normal or optimal or none of it really makes fucking sense. Your, your, your body has... Millions of chemical processes that are happening at any time throughout the day. Metabolism is a sum total of every chemical process that occurs within a living organism. Like, dude, you know how much you fucking have going on? And like, that's the the, 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 the sum total? Like, we can't just sit there and act like, we have any sort of reading, um, like on what's what's high or low or normal or anything like that, right? This this it just doesn't make sense. So, moving forward, creatinine. Creatinine is a uh, it's a compound that's like left over from um, like the energy producing processes in your muscles, if you will. So, it's like it's a marker of cellular damage, if you will. Um, when your creatinine is going to be high, like, let me, let me, let me, let me take a step back. If we go, if I have you go get blood work done and you get your blood work done, you send me your, your results and your creatinine's not high. I'm like, damn, we're not training hard.
1: <laughs> it should
0: it, yeah, we should, we should have, you know, high, high ish levels of creatinine. Now it shouldn't be anything. It's like 2.0. Um, like a 1.5 is something I commonly see in all those people I see in like 1.5. They're training really fucking hard creatinine. It's, it's a marker of cellular damage. If you're going in and you're training every single day, you are literally by definition damaging muscle cells. There's millions and billions of muscle cells within the body. There's millions that you're probably touching throughout the day. I don't know an exact number on that. It might be hundreds of thousands. It might be thousands, but there's tons of damage that you are inflicting every day. So every single day you go and train, you are directly forcing your creatinine number to be higher. Creatinine does tie into kidney. It's not really a great value to talk about in terms of like what, um, like kidney health, if you will. Um, but it's a marker and honestly, I use it as a, well, are you fucking training hard or are you not training hard? Like, even if we take like three days off the gym before your blood work, I still, we should still see creatinine somewhat high. It should not be low. Okay. This is for any athlete and it's not, as long as it's not like over like some astronomical number, um, like. Yeah, I mean, I would be concerned. I guess if it's like over two point two, I'd be like, All right, we we need some fucking time off. We're very much overtrained here, or we're over something here. But I've very rarely seen that. Your body does a really uh, fascinating job at being able to, you know, help itself repair. Um, let's see, we have uh, CPK, um, we have the creatinine phosphokinase. It's an enzyme. Um, it's Found mostly in skeletal muscle. It's also found like the heart and the brain, but um, it's it's a marker of cell damage as well. Um, again, same as the other one. It's like if this isn't high, then what are we really doing? Um, your bun is a measurement of nitrogen. If this isn't high, you're probably not eating enough protein. Um, like you know, the, the, these things are. This is very normal for these things to be a bit off, if you will. Remember, they're only off to the general public, um, which is who these tests are kind of modeled after, right? So the bun, um, yeah. If you have a high protein diet and protein turnover as well, um, with you know amino acid uh, intake and and utilization, muscle remodeling um, when a muscle is being torn down and then built back up again, um, that's gonna make your bun elevated. And this guy, I mean, this is a. 280 pound bodybuilder and his bun is elevated his creatinine is uh, uh, elevated his um, creatinine phosphokinase is elevated um it's it's normal they're all the reference range on the bun is 7 to 25 here he's 31 that's not a big deal at all um this was before he started with me as well so it might even be a little bit higher now but that's just it's not a cause for concern Um, when your kidneys start going you know you very much know now the best reading that we have within a normal panel. Um, it, it, oh, uh, let me add one more thing. All these, the bun, the CPK, the creatinine. If you get your blood work back and all of them are within range, honestly, I would, I would, I would take a look at your training. Honestly, I would take a look at your training. You're not going very hard, and I'm not saying that out of like, oh, you know what, my kidneys are extremely. They're just so fucking healthy. Like, no, you're, if these are in range, you're, you're not training very hard. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I don't mean that in an asshole way. I mean that in, if you're trying to be a bodybuilder and these last three things I talked about are not elevated. Th- th- this is your sign. This is a foolproof way. You can send your coach any video of how hard you're training in the gym, but then you get these readings back and they say you're not training very hard. Like this is kind of foolproof. And not everyone might agree with that. That is okay. I agree with that. Um, and I guess that's kind of what I'm here for, right? So let's let's get into the EGFR. It's the Elevated uh, Glomerular Filtration Rate. Did I say that right? I hope I said that right. I'm not sure I've ever said that word out loud before. Uh, someone cracks me if it was wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's glomerular. Really ugly word. Ugly sounding word. But in a normal test... Um, for blood work test this is kind of our best marker we have for kidney health um, essentially this is where it matters for African Americans versus Caucasians so if you see in your blood work you'll have an EGFR for non African American EGFR for African American and they're going to be a little bit different why that is I am not sure we just have a difference in our ancestry and our biology and Researchers, doctors, and people way fucking smarter than me and you have figured this out and put together on paper that it is best there are two separate readings here. Um, now, there's a formula that generates this number, it takes it a multitude of variables. I know age is in there. I know weight is in there. Um, those matter here, um, and, and that's how they calculate uh, your EGFR. So... Let's get into a little bit more here. There's five stages of kidney disease. Um, essentially what we want with EGFR, how close can we be to 100? That's where we want to be. The closest to 100 we can be, the better we can be. So 90 and above is good. That would be called like just stage one normal kidney. Stage two is a mild loss of function. This is where most adults live is in the stage two range. Um, stage three is, and, and so on and so forth is more kidney loss going all the way to stage five, which is like your kidneys are absolutely fucked. The higher your number, the better your kidney health. You can draw this conclusion very concretely, but the, the lower your number, the worse your kidney health. Sure. But we can also have a number in the seventies, but still have good overall functioning kidneys. Um, you know we would want to dive more into that um but i've i i, I think there there's definitely a time where 65 70s i mean most adults live you know, in that range. And most adults have good kidneys. And remember this like for the normal population, um, not just people who are um, like training really hard. Um, So the EGFR is definitely something to pay attention to. We want this as high as we possibly can. My guys was 67 and I told him, I'm concerned with that. I don't like it. I need more. I need a better number. Um, we're 280 pounds. We have our best bodybuilding is in front of us. So you know, we, we, I want to get that number up and we're going to work on that. We are working on that right now. Commonly for something like that. I use obviously the revive kidney. Um, I really enjoy Telmisartan. Sartan. It's the RX. It's a pharmaceutical, uh, but amazing, amazing health effects. I've seen from that in my athletes. Don't start using it without doctor approval or working with someone extremely knowledgeable on it. Um, so, I think to, the best way to get the kidney number down is just lowering your risk. So you lower your PEDs, you lower your body mass, you lower your training, and you're probably going to be okay. All right, Your kidneys, unbelievably uh, resilient. Not near as resilient as the liver, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we have the things like the blood glucose. I'll talk about that real quick we like it between 70 and 100. I like it between the 70s and the 80s. If you're not fasted, uh, this doesn't matter. If you eat before it uh, it just this number doesn't matter for you at all. This is one of the reasons why they want you to be fasted for this, for your insulin, for your A1C. Um but the reality is as you compile blood work and we know that your insulin and A1C and things are good, it matters less and less if you're fasted or not, because my athletes, I have them monitor their blood glucose and send me biofeedback within their check-ins, um, every update that, you know, pertain back to this, so we'd be able to catch something. Um, you know, if 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 it was ongoing. Okay. We get into the sodiums and potassiums, the chlorides, the carbon dioxides we all know what these are. Um, the total protein I think is kind of silly. There's just so many things that qual that qualify as a total protein. It's not an extremely important value. I've never had someone say, send- and I say that with hundred percent certainty, no one's ever sent me blood work with total protein out of range. um, yeah, I mean the, the, those things are just what they are. Now you see the bun creatinine ratio, you see the albumin globulin ratio, you see things like that. I don't worry much about the about the ratio. Um, I, I, I don't I don't worry about the ratio um, really at all. I worry about the independent variables. Honestly, um, these are you know this kind of something else um, that I don't really think needs to be in here quite frank okay um albumin albumin can be a good uh note for uh, like malnutrition or liver disease or inflammatory disease um high albumin levels um like like stress extreme stress like i'm talking like Undergoing surgery, being burnt, or having huge infections can really spike albumin high. Albumin, it's it's a binding globulin. Um, we have many many binding globulins within the body. We really want this to be in range. It commonly is in range. Um, bilirubin, it's a liver enzyme. Um, it's it's just it's so albumin is a protein made by your liver. Uh, most globulins are maybe all globulin binding globulins are proteins. Um, Actually, I believe they are. I believe they are. But that might be, not be 100% correct. All of the ones I care about are proteins. The bilirubin, it's a liver enzyme. It's responsible um, for the rate of which you're metabolizing red blood cells. So this essentially responds to the processing of blood cells, of oxygen turnover, things and like. So this is very important for endurance athletes. Um when you're deep into a prep, you're, you might see bilirubin higher. When you're in kind of a normal living range, you're probably going to see it um, you know, at the lower end of the reference range. But we really want albumin. Um, we really want um, um, bilirubin. We really want these things to be in range. If either of them are out of range, we really need to figure out... Um, exactly kind of what's going on. You have, um, you have globulin, which is, uh, another protein. It's essentially, it helps measure the amount of protein, um, in the blood, but this is kind of the same as, um, as albumin in terms of if something's off there, something is really off. So like if you have high bilirubin, you might, or, or, uh, sorry, globulin. Um, yeah, you might be at risk for like an inflammatory disease. You might, or you might have not just be at risk. You might have an inflammatory disease. You might have some sort of immune issue. Um, It can indicate cancers and things of the like. Um, I'm not sure what kind, but I know that it can. It's just, it's not something you're going to see very commonly. I mean, again, 99.99% of the blood work I see a year has good albumin, globulin, bilirubin. Um, Let's see, we get into the more liver enzymes. So bilirubin is a liver enzyme. Now we get into the big two, the ASC and the ALT. We want both these under 100. This is going to be another little side rank here. So in my guy's blood work, it says his AST is 49. His ALT is 44. So the reference range on the AST is 10 to 40. So it says he's nine points higher. I heard someone put this perfectly. I can't remember exactly what it was. He put it perfectly. He said, there's just a cost of doing the business, Right. There's a cost of doing the business of bodybuilding. There's a cost of doing the business of anything. And one of the costs of the business is you're going to have higher than normal liver enzymes for such a multitude of reasons. Your body works really, 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 really freaking hard for you. Really, I mean, just think about all the dieting, all the PEDs, all of the cardio, all of the training, all of the recovery, and the sleep, and the shows, and the water cuts, and the diuretics, and the sodium manipulation, and every single thing that you do, your body works so hard for you. On top of managing your social life, and your job, and, and your romantic endeavors, and all of these things, your body just goes remarkably hard for you. The cost, one of the costs of doing business is you're probably going to have somewhat higher liver enzymes. The reference ranges are 10 to 40 for AST, 9 to 46 for ALT. The liver might be the most resilient organ inside the human body. If you like truly, not to be super casual, but if you're under 100, we're pretty set here. Use the revive liver. If, if you're on cycle, you should be taking revive liver, period, point blank, end of discussion. No matter what. Even just a little bit of Anavar, turinable, what the fuck ever, doesn't matter. Taking SARMs, don't know why you take those. My target audience does not take SARMs. <laughs> but you should not be, like, like, use it with some revive liver. Um, if we're over 100, I think we, we need to have, there needs to be a reason why. All right, we're over 100 because we're utilizing halotestin and windstraw and very high amounts of protein turnover and uh, degradation of protein day over day. Um, That's causing that number really high because we are extremely close to a show. All right, well, your plan is you're not going to be in contest prep much longer, so these numbers are going to come down, right? If we're over... 200, you need to stop over the fucking thing you're doing and you need to, like, you need to be realistic with yourself. You need to get that back down. And how do you get it back down? Uh, stop PEDs, rest your fucking body. It's really that simple. If you're a good bodybuilder, your AST, your ALT are probably going to be running a little bit high, but we really shouldn't have them over 100. We should be able to handle them around 60s, 70s, things in that range. I, I, I really, I firmly fucking believe that. Um... Like I said, the liver is unbelievably dynamic. Um, it always recover. It, it'll never stop. Um, but like I said, get it back down if you're over two hundred. One hundred to two hundred, you better have a fucking plan. You're over two hundred, you better get that shit down. Like you need to get it down quickly too. Okay. Um, really thirsty. I haven't taken, I've taken a drink of water since I started this lipids. All right, we have total cholesterol. We have HDL, we have LDL, uh, we have VHDL, which is new, we have VLDL, which is new, we have triglycerides, we have all these things. Abide by the reference ranges, that's basically where we want it to be. We understand all of these things, this applies to all of these items, Uh, triglycerides, yeah, I think I mentioned triglycerides. Total cholesterol, 1, about 200 triglycerides, 150 or below. Uh, PEDs will raise your total cholesterol. They will lower your HDL, which is known as your good cholesterol. That doesn't necessarily mean they higher your LDL, but it will lower your HDL. And there's obviously the HDL-LDL ratio, which will be skewed by this. Uh, But HDL should be higher off drugs than on drugs. This is something we want. Ratios don't mean much. The actual values do. We want all of these within, I mean, you guys all know what lipids are. If, if you, you know what lipids are. We just want we want these all in range. There's no simpler way to put that. It's, if they're not, we need to figure out what the fuck's going on.
1: Probably something to do with
0: your liver. Superdosing Tudka um, can definitely help there. Um, that's what I do with my people. If I see these like way out of fucking whack, yeah, we superdose Tudka and we just get it back in. And I'm, I'm talking like 750 to 1,000 milligrams a day or something of the like that. Um, hormones into the sexier things i'm doing pretty good on time 33 minutes in right now this is i feel i feel i feel pretty good about this time um the hormones this is what every bodybuilder uh thinks is like this is this is everything this is oh i'm sorry i'm sorry real quick before uh ferritin it's a blood protein that contains iron um it essentially gives us a reading on how much iron there is inside the stored like inside your body um it's like if your ferritin's low, then we need more iron. If it's high, then we need a little less iron. Um, Ferritin is a very easy way to tell if someone's anemic. The reference range is massive, 38 to 380 nanograms per milliliter. Um, that's about all I have to say about that. Um, make sure your ferritin's in, in check. And then if it's not, just do what it takes to get it in check, which is adding or subtracting iron from the diet. It's amazing what a handful of spinach can do, um, to be honest with you. All right, all right, hormones. Uh, where is our testosterone here? He kind of has these things are kind of all over the board. Um, testosterone, the testosterone values on this on on this uh, blood work two twenty six to nine eighty four. What the fuck is that? If you're two, if you're any, if your test if your male testosterone starts with a two or a three. Honestly, I'll say a four. Um, We want it to be higher than that. That would be very ideal. Four, save the conversation. We're going to say 200 to 1,000 nanograms per deciliter. Nanograms per deciliter is how in America, most countries, testosterone is gauged. Okay, so free testosterone here so there's the total testosterone the free testosterone is an inference to the binding globulin values essentially is what that is all the binding globulin values so you have the shbg um let's see you have the albumins uh and the things of the like the globulins and the things of like we this free testosterone basically tells you how much of the total testosterone is bound up and not able to be utilized or not able to go to the um correct receptors to cause anabolic properties to occur okay so free testosterone is more important than total testosterone like your total if your total testosterone is like 450 but your free testosterone is like fucking five then we're doing okay right um now that being said um When you're on PEDs, we're going to have less binding globulins coming from your liver. It just, your liver makes less. And so this is why free test goes up so much on a cycle. So this is not from me. When I heard this, I tested it out. And when I tested it out, it held very true in my maybe 20 or 30 handful of people I utilized with. What we should get is around three to five times the testosterone dosage in the actual value of total testosterone nanograms per deciliter. So if we're taking 200 milligrams per week, we should be roughly 800 milligrams of total testosterone. And remember with that, your free testosterone is going to go up quite a bit as well, but that's for a male. This is rough. It's just an average. It's not 100%. So for a female, if a female is taking, um, what? 20 milligrams of testosterone a week uh, and we go up five times from there her testosterone should be around 100 okay go up three times it should be around 60 and then the free testosterone yeah the free testosterone should be in a pretty decent place okay Um, now we are again before i continue we are again assuming that the people listening to this podcast are utilize users of anabolic properties and PEDs. Like 98% of my roster is that, and I think the most popular podcast we've ever done here talking about anabolics. so the writing is pretty on the wall. For those listening to this, you are probably elite-level bodybuilders who truly care about your blood work and making sure you are doing this the right way. We have things called luteinizing hormone, LH. We have something called follicle stimulating hormone or follicular stimulating hormone, FSH. Um, These things are going to be unbelievably low in all of your blood work. If you're on TRT, if you're utilizing PEDs in any way, these are going to be very low. LH and FSH, they're signaling hormones from the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus doesn't need testosterone to be made when you are on cycle. So it does not signal to create testosterone while you are on cycle. If you get someone's blood work back and the testosterone's, you know, not matching that three to five times, the free testosterone is, you know, lower than we think it should be, maybe under, call it 2.5 or 3.0, and FSH and LSH aren't completely tanked, then they're utilizing fake anabolics. That's an easy way to tell. It's a foolproof method. So like I said, not relevant folks on PEDs, but when you come off PEDs, these are very, very, very important ranges to understand, you know, to look at to get them as close as possible to the reference range um, as quickly as possible, as that is essentially how quickly your endocrine system is responding to not relying on PEDs anymore. If they're not um, restarting, um, there's gonadotropins that'll restart these when you come off cycle, things like HCG and Clomid and whatnot. Um, But for sake of the conversation, we are likely... You know, utilize the anabolics a majority of the year, uh, more so than we are not. Uh, DHEA, it's produced uh, from cholesterol; it's made in the adrenal glands. It essentially, acts as a reservoir. That's what I always call it, at least, for sex hormones uh, to be made. Uh, pregnenolone is used to make hormones, namely estrogens. Um, DHEA and pregnenolone will also commonly be rather low on cycle, and uh, I mean, in my guys' bloods here is DHEA is one of four which is under the reference range. His FSH is um, under 0.7, which is obviously under the reference range. His LH is under 0.2, which is obviously under the reference range um, as well. Okay, so now we get into estradiol. Estrogen has a lot of mm, sub-varieties. So this one value is in the end-all, be-all. But estradiol is the most prominent one we have. There's also esterone, there's esterol, um, et cetera. The bad estrogen is called esterone, right? So like if someone's estrogen is like in range, but they're having really bad estrogenic effects, they probably are very they're predisposed to having higher esterone or converting to more esterone than they are, you know, the esterol, uh, the estradiol, things like. So the estradiol is like the most prevalent one. That's why it is the one listed here uh, within a normal blood work. If your estrogen, it's like my guy here, he's 69. So it's high for the reference range, but that's not bad at all. Um, I like keeping estradiol as high as it possibly can be. Um, without you know having side effects, because estrogen is very important. It's neuroprotective. It's cardioprotective. It's liver protective. It does play a role in building muscle. Um, it's it's healthy for your joints. It plays a role in, in joint health and integrity. Um, it's 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 very very important for us to have high estradiol, so uh, or as high as we possibly can. Um, so. We don't want that tanked, and that's why running like AIs and shit like Arimidex, Aromasin, Letrozole—god forbid—running Letrozole around the clock, even Nolvidex, or we shouldn't be running those all year, even when we're on cycle. We should be able to go high cycle and and avoid, um, you know, using those still. Um, high is relative to the user, of course, but we shouldn't be relying on those as like some end all be able to like keep our estrogen and like range is stupid as fuck. If that's, if your cycle design comes down to relying on CIRMs and like Nolvidex or AIs like Aromidex and Aromacin, then you really need to go back to school. And I'm not talking about university. I'm talking about someone who actually fucking teaches this stuff. Um, now we get into the thyroid TSH. Um, where's this TSH at? There it is. Um, my mentor also teaches me between one and 1.5. I think it's acceptable to have up to two. I think above. So TSH stimulates the thyroid to make more thyroid hormones. So this is like what works to toggle the metabolism up and down, but the body doesn't always have to listen. The thyroid gland does not have to listen. The TSH is the gas pedal, but if your car's out of gas, then you're not going to the gas pedal is not going to go anywhere. If something is wrong with it, it's not going to work well. So we want it between one and 1.5 mostly. Um, I'm okay with it up to two as long as the other thyroid values are within a good range. That just means, the range just means that your body's asking for more. If it's above three, your body's asking for a lot. So if the TSH is like above three, but then our T4 is like 0.8, which is the bottom of the reference range, we have something here that's off. Or... If our TSH is like three and our T4 is like 1.6, which is the high end of the reference range, but then our T3 is like 1.9, which is below the reference range, we have something off, okay? Um, So just because all these are within reference range doesn't necessarily mean they're good. Now, I want TSH between 1 and 1.5, or I am okay between 1 and 1.2 as long as other values look good, but the other thyroid values I like in the the 25th percentile, if you will. I want them in the top 25%, or that would be the 75th percentile. I want them in the top 25% um of the value range and the closer we are to the high value the commonly the better we are so we have the tsh the t4 the t3 here um i i want those he didn't get the reverse t3 um done in this one actually or the the tpo ab he didn't get either of those done unfortunately um but i would like these to yeah be in uh i would like the t4 and the t3 to be within the top 25% of that range. And the closer to the top is the better. So um, the T4 is the actual thyroid compound that thyroid makes. And that's what that doesn't do anything in the body. It just converts into the active form of T3, which is another signal that your body must pick up on and actually force the conversion to undergo. If TSH is high, T4 is low. The body is asking for more thyroid compound, but it isn't being produced. Like I said, that means something is off. Now, This commonly happens in a contest prep or things of the like. Um, This is why I've always said it's healthier to prep enhanced than it is natural because you can manipulate these things. And you can manipulate your body asking for more. You can manipulate your car breaking down. And you can make it not break down. And anyone who argues that it's healthier for your car to break down rather than your car not breaking down is a complete fucking idiot. And I would never listen to a word they say again. That's a very blanket statement, and it's also very true 100% of the time. T3 is the active form of thyroid compound, and this is like the actual gas to the car, okay? Um, let's see, where are we at? We're, we're near the end. I'm making great time, 45 minutes. I really My, my goal is to have this done in under an hour, and we are going to crush that. I have two left, insulin and CRP. Insulin tracks the blood glucose value from earlier uh, that we talked about. We want this to be the lower range. Um, the leaner you are, the lower it should be. The fatter you are, probably the higher it is, and A1C is likely going to follow suit within that as well. Um, the CRP is a protein. Now, this is very fucking important one, especially with everything going on right now because this whole jab situation is being mandated everywhere. Is making people's CRP go absolutely fucking nuts. And CRP within this, within blood panels that we get that are this simplistic, CRP is by far, 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 far in a way, the most important variable to determine your risk for heart disease prolong. No one that I care about will be getting that because of what I've seen it do to CRP. There's not to get too into it, but there's a reason so many bodybuilders died this year. Every single one of them had something in common. I'm sure you guys can infer what that is. That's not to say that you shouldn't that that super dosing trend is okay. It's not to say that diuretic abuse and things of the like is okay. I'm saying there's one commonality between all of them, and we saw way more this year than other years. Same with soccer deaths. Same with rugby deaths. I digress. CRP is a protein that marks vascular inflama- inflammation. It's unbelievably negative to cardiovascular health. We need this to be below one. It's non-negotiable for it to be above one. Non-negotiable. If it's 1.01, that is non-negotiable. That's bad. If you are below one, you're good. But we really want this to be closer to 0.0. I would like it to be 0.5. I've had some of the healthiest people, natural people as well, Hire me and show me these CRP values that are 20. I'm asking for you to be under one. 20 is 20 times that. You are at risk for heart disease, period. If it's 20, you're, you're at risk for a heart attack. You're at risk for heart, prolonged heart disease. You're, you're, you're at risk. Putting your heart at risk is absolutely absurd to do. For my athletes, I have a CRP protocol that I've come up with. That has helped them quickly get this number down. But the more things are being mandated, like the you know follow-up shots, I try not to say as much as I can on here. I've been uh, shadow abandoned enough for hardly saying anything at all. Oh, they spike it every time. So, a few years, we're going to see a monster. As if, see, the reason it's all so easy to hide is because heart disease has always been the number one killer. But it's going to kill way more people. And it's gonna kill people. It shouldn't be killing, um, you know, because of what's going on right now. But again, I digress. The FBI is probably gonna send people after me here, kill me. Uh, but at least you know, my CRP didn't kill me. My CRP is actually zero point one. And I'm very proud of that. This has to be below one. This has to be below one. Can I literally reiterate this anymore? This will kill you. It needs to be below one. And your loved ones who are older, getting the jab have them get a crp test from life extension see where it's at it has to be below one i literally can't reiterate this enough it has to be below one Like you can save someone's life if you just shared the message of hey you know check your crp make sure it's below one get it checked you know multiple times throughout the year because both things are contributing to it. The the sickness itself and then also the jab, they're both contributing to it. The jab is just contributing to it at a much, like, exacerbated clip. Usually with the sickness, I'm seeing, like, threes and fours. Um, twos, threes, fours, which is obviously, you know, still pretty big risk, but I, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of double digits and that's terrifying to me never in my career never in my career have I seen it before uh, that that jab was released I never seen anything over 10 actually first person sent me something over 10 I had them go get retesting because I didn't believe that it was real I, I never saw, I never seen anything over two before this entire thing happened. Um, so it's, fast, it's fascinating to me to watch, and you know, like kind of be on the inside of what's going on inside people's bodies in response. The, the CRP, especially right now, I can't reiterate it enough because everyone's getting sick and everyone's, you know, getting jabbed up and whatnot. Make sure you keep a hold on this. Life Extension has a CRP test for like 30 bucks. Make sure you... Are Ahead of this, it's it. it, it I want to scare you because it should be that scary. Like, we have a 99.9% chance to live from one of these things. If your CRP is off due to something that was supposed to help us, we have a much, 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 much lower chance to live than 99.9%. That's why I feel so strongly about this CRP. No one's dying on my fucking watch now. What can we do with all this information? Keep spreadsheets. Put the name and the value range at the top of your spreadsheets. So, they like, do this now. Do this now before you get started. Every time you blow are done, you date the new numbers and put them all into their respective places. This is an easy way to track over time. But what this means is over time, you can go back and go, oh, you know, when when I was a little elevated here, like this is what I was doing, and right now I'm a little elevated, but I'm also doing this different right now. You can have actual, you can have a paper trail of data that is showing you in real time what you are doing, what's going on, um, and why these things are happening. So this is the easiest way to track over time if you just put in a huge spreadsheet. I think athletes should get done, bloods done every two or three months. General health folks, every six months post-prep, I like four weeks post prep and then I like three months post prep. So four weeks first and then two months after that first four weeks, as variables are manipulated, you progress your performance and physique is very easy to track within that spreadsheet. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that some of this can be autopiloted, right? My athletes personally, they're sending me their blood glucose, their RHR, their blood pressure, their sleep, their sweating, uh, like how much, how much they're sweating. Um, These are all things that can kind of be out of regulated and we can kind of draw an inference. If, you know, these five things are on point, they're hunger, we can take a sixth. They're digestion, we can take a seventh. If those seven things are on point, they're good. But you're you're pretty fucking healthy. You're not going to have blood glucose, resting heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, hunger, sleep, sweating, all be perfectly fine and normal. You not be good. Okay, so um, 52 minutes and 30 seconds I got this done. I'm really happy with that. I really fucking hope this was helpful. This is a monster to put together for you guys and like summarize down into 50 fucking minutes of podcast. Um, Like I said, I hope this helps. Please share it with your friends because like I said, this was a beast to put together. I think it can help a lot of people. I appreciate you tuning in. Leave us a five-star rating and review. I'll see you next time.